are not the point. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Jesus loves the poor. He has compassion for the poor. He wants us to help the poor, but the poor are not the point. The center of Christianity is Christ, and even our efforts to relieve human suffering should grow out of a deep desire to serve Jesus. That point was driven home powerfully in the event we began to study yesterday. It was the day that Mary of Bethany began to think and to give outside the box. In the average organization that manages gifts from people to people, somewhere around 80 to 85% is often used in administration. It's like the little girl that wrote the note to Santa Claus and said, Dear Santa, please send me $10 for Christmas. Well, of course, the letter went through, finally landed in the dead, dead letter file, and some kind postal worker down in Washington, D.C. noticed it, picked it up, and thought, this is so nice. So he put a dollar in an envelope and sent it to the little girl. Next year, he recognized an envelope with the same handwriting on it, the same address, and he picked it up, and the little girl had written a letter and said, Dear Santa, Please send me $10 for Christmas. P.S. Don't send it through Washington, D.C. They keep $9 out of every $10. (laughs) Administrative overhead, see? Well, in this case, Judas would like to have had access to that money because he had personal ways that he would like to spend it. And he evaluates the gift of Mary's, uh, Mary's expression. He, he evaluates it and said it's absolutely a waste what she did. She took this perfect perfume, this wonderful, costly perfume, and wasted it by pouring it out on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's an idiot. But Jesus had something to say, too, about evaluating that gift, didn't he? He said three things that I want to call to your attention from the Gospel of Mark. Would you turn there with me to Mark chapter, I think it's chapter 14. Just note the fuller response of Jesus in evaluating this gift of Mary. Mark chapter 14, verse 6. After the crowd and Judas criticized Mary sharply and diminished her gift and discredited, Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. I wonder if anything I've done in my years has ever reached that level of accommodation. That Jesus himself would say, that was a good thing you did. That wins heaven's homekeeping seal of approval. That was good. It was free from selfishness. It was free from, from greed. It was free from self-promotion, it was good. What you did was good. The second thing Jesus said was, you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good, but me you do not have always. The second thing Jesus said was that opportunities for this kind of lavish gift don't come around every day. 
that the window of opportunity opens and then it slowly closes. And when it's closed, it's gone forever. There's nothing wrong with giving to the poor. As a matter of fact, those you'll notice who love the Lord Jesus tend to be the people who most lavishly give of themselves and their wealth for the benefit of those whom Jesus loves. And they often do it without political manipulation and they do it without personal name on the wall. They just do it because they love the Lord Jesus and through loving him they have learned to love others and value them and they feel their pain and they just do it. They just love. They just express themselves. Like, well, I heard recently that one of our, one of our families, uh, a couple with the children, were, were thinking through their their faith commitment in seven weeks of miracles and they settled on what was for them a very significant faith sum a, a, a sum of money that they wanted to give because they loved the Lord and had no way to know how it was coming from and at the close of a service uh, another person came up handed them an envelope and said here we feel the Lord wants us to present this sum of money to you and that's what we want to do and of course, you know, the sum of the money was larger than the total amount that uh, the first family had ever envisioned giving to the Lord. Now, there's two points of that story. One point is that God always sees our act of faith. And the second is God uses people who don't want their name in the bulletin many times to do that. To just... Do it. To just sense a need and to meet that need. And not be concerned about tax credit, and not be concerned about a lot of other things that pr more practical people would say uh, would be our obligation, but just do it out of the impulse of obedience. And both are blessed. And you'll find that that's true. That those who love the Lord tend to be the best givers to the poor. But we have moments of opportunity, windows of, uh, windows of opportunity that come to us, and we must act on those or we lose that opportunity. And Mary did not do that. Notice the third thing he said. She had done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Wow. The disciples haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> Jesus has been telling them repeatedly, we're going to Jerusalem, I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried three days, and I'm going to rise from the grave. And they don't get it. They don't get it. Mary got it. And she not only got it, but she wanted to do something about that. Incidentally, this is the only anointing Jesus' body received in his burial. Remember, he was taken to the cross hastily. Remember that? Quickly wrapped, quickly put in the sepulcher. Remember that, the body? And on the first day of the week, very in the morning, the women came with the spices preparing to anoint the body in the traditional way, but it was too late. The body was gone. Jesus had risen from the dead. So what Mary does here is the only appropriate expression of honor to the body of Jesus in his death that he gets. But you see what Jesus is doing. Jesus saw her heart, her motive. 
saw that it was connected through her love for him with what he had taught her. Saw that she was believing in his future, soon, death, burial, resurrection, and she was putting her money lavishly where her faith was. You see, the thing that makes this story a memorial to Mary, everywhere the gospel is preached is, that she did it for Jesus. <laughs> she just did it for Jesus. Just because she believed him, just because she loved him, she did it for Jesus. Now, let me take you on an imaginary journey as I close. The next day, Jesus sits on the donkey. The crowds gather, Palm Sunday. As he gets off the donkey in Jerusalem, the crowds fade. And he knows that in just a few hours, those same ones who cried, Hosanna, are going to shout, crucify him. Knowing that, Jesus gets off the donkey, and as he slides down, he dips his head, and he gets a waft of that fragrance. That's what perfume does. It pregnates the skin, releasing its fragrance later. Jesus meets with his disciples in the upper room, and he's concerned about their attitudes toward each other. He's concerned about, he's concerned about their responsibility to take the truth that he has taught them and is about ready to activate to them through his death and resurrection. And as he stoops to wash Peter's feet, Peter says, get out of here. You're not washing my feet. And Jesus caught a whiff of Mary's perfume. And he patiently said, ah, Pete, you need to have your feet washed. And every time he stooped to wash the disciples' feet, he caught a whiff, a lingering whiff of Mary's perfume. Later that night, he's alone in the garden. The agony and burden of what is about to happen presses upon his soul, crushing him. He is sweating, as it were, great drops of blood. And as that, as that, as that process took place and he bowed to pray, there it was again. That gentle fragrance of Mary's perfume encouraging him. Reminding him why he was doing this, offsetting the sleeping disciples and their unbelief. Later on the cross, in the midst of his agony, he bows his head to look at those who are crucifying him and bringing him such humiliation and pain, and he catches a whiff of Mary's perfume. And he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus died. He rose, took his body back from the grave. 
that body still impregnated with the fragrance of Mary's perfume. He went back to heaven. What a magnificent experience that must have been to be back home in heaven, seating at the right hand of the Father. And I can imagine Gabriel coming up to him and saying, you know, Jesus, we watched you go through your life down on earth. We saw you become a little baby. We, we watched you at Bethlehem. We, we, we watched as you grew up. We saw you in the temple. We, we watched you as you were baptized. We, we watched you do all these things. And it was an incredible experience to watch you. But, but what do you remember of all that? I betcha a buck and a quarter. And Jesus would turn to Gabriel. I think his eyes would mist over. He'd say, you know, Gabriel, there was an evening meal in a place called Bethany. I had no reason to believe that they really got the message of my raising Lazarus. And I thought my cleansing of Simon the leper in whose house we met, I, th I thought that had long since been forgotten in the rush of life. And as I looked around the room of my disciples, I knew that they were not getting it. And then, Gabriel, I felt a warm liquid against the back of my head. And then I felt a refreshing liquid on my feet. And as I looked up, a lovely young woman had bowed her head to use her hair to wipe the excess of her perfume. Gabriel, I'll never forget that moment, knowing that somebody for whom I had entered the world, someone for whom I was about to die, someone for whom my whole mission was intended, understood, appreciated it, and was expressing her love by taking her treasure and lavishly pouring it out on me. Now let me ask you a question this morning, brothers and sisters. Do you think Mary ever went without a meal the rest of her life? Do you think the great God of heaven would allow her lavish gift to him to cause her to be impoverished Never, never, never. One more thing we might note this morning. How would you do that if you wanted to do it this morning? Now, there are some who would say that's very easy. All you have to do is to go up and rub perfume on Pastor Jim's hands. After all, he's anointed. He's pastor. He's a big shot in this kingdom business. And you would be absolutely, well, almost totally wrong. <laughs> would you do something for me? Would you just reach over and take the hand of the person sitting next to you? Just do it. 
Just take their hand, just for a moment. Just take, just take now it may not be your wife, it may be a friend, it may not, doesn't, I'm not asking for that. When you did that, if that person you took the hand of is a believer in Jesus Christ, they're a member of the body of Christ, are they not? Is that not what the good book teaches, folks? Yeah, you are holding, you are touching a part of the body of Christ, a body that is as real to Jesus Christ as the physical body in which he lived on the earth, which Mary anointed, and which he took in resurrection, and in which he sits at the right hand of the Father. You can't put fragrant oil on Jesus' physical body today. That door has closed. But the Bible tells us, you can release your hand now, the Bible tells us that whatever you do in the name of Jesus, for one of Jesus' disciples, you do it for him. You do it to him. Even if you give a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, you do it in Jesus' name, Jesus notes, Jesus values, Jesus remembers, Jesus will reward. Now, the trick is to honor Jesus by taking your treasure out of the box and giving it in such a way that Judas doesn't get his cotton-picking hands on it. That's the trick. But you have that same opportunity today. Just a few moments, some of you will be having coffee. When you quietly defer to the elderly and honor them in Jesus' name, you honor him. When you buy a cup of coffee for that friend who's fumbling in their pocketbook, and in just sheer love, you say, let me do this. Let me have this privilege, this honor. You honor Jesus. And when you honor him by giving to others, when you honor him by giving your treasure so that individuals and the body of Jesus Christ can grow and become and do the work that God has assigned it to do so that Jesus Christ is honored and glorified, you are doing exactly what Mary did. So how's it with you and your treasure? You want to keep it in the box? Or do you want to do what Mary did? Pour it out. Pray with me, would you? Our Father in heaven, we uh, are humbled, encouraged, taught by what this wonderful lady did these many years ago. She esteemed you greater treasure than anything she had in the box. She was wanting to trust you for your future, and she wanted a stake in the power, the blessing, the salvation that you give to those through your death and resurrection. She wanted to be part of that. I thank you for the gracious way you defended her. I thank you for the high mark you gave her. I thank you for the way you honored her. 
And I thank you for the power of her loving example. We can be so bound by fear for our futures and so practical and pragmatic that we miss the true joy of lavish giving. And I pray that today you would speak deeply to our hearts about our response to these things. Talk to us as we sing. Remind us of our treasure. Remind us that all of the gifts we have are really because of your grace and mercy to us. They are not accidents. And they are not trophies of our energy and health and wisdom. They are, they are gracious, marvelous testimonies to your care for us, your love for us. And this morning, move us to think how we might take our treasures out of the box and release them as testimonies of our love to you as expressions of our desire to participate with you in your death, burial, resurrection, and your ministry, may the fragrance of our lavish giving fill the room, not just here, but throughout our whole community and throughout our world. Now, Father, we are going out to serve, to consider our treasures, and to consider why we keep them, to weigh them and their value, and then to dare to open some alabaster boxes and to do some things that will be lavishly, wildly, exuberantly a witness of our faith and our love for you. Bless those who, like Mary, come with a gift, a gift of great cost to her that became the measure of the expression of her great love for you. And Father, direct us that we might live our lives as an expression of love for you. In all that we do and say, make us a blessing to you and to others, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people would say, Amen. God bless you. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Paul seems to be in harmony with Jim's thought about ministering to the figurative body of Christ, his people here on earth. Not only to them, but especially to them. Outside the Box is the name of the sermon we heard Monday and today. We'll send the whole message to you on CD for a gift of $7 or more. It advances our series called Special Works Jesus Did. All 13 CDs in that collection will come to you for an offering of $45 or more. Ordering details in just a second. If the Lord has been speaking to you about upholding Right Start in prayer or with your finances, please just listen and respond in faith. Many hands make light work, as they say, and we're hoping for many small gifts to bring us through the summer. Large gifts welcome, too. Thanks to everyone helping us. If you're ready, please mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. Again, that's 800-984-2313. 
and find us on the web at rightstartradio.org. There you can play Right Start Radio programs or listen to complete sermons. And the Right Start podcast extends the reach of the radio show to wherever you are, as long as you have cell service. Find out about all those free resources, click to donate, and more at rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Was there someone who topped the sister of Lazarus and Martha for greatest giver? Well, maybe. Another lady was certainly in the running for that prize. Let's talk about her on Wednesday's Right Start. Right Start.